Good day, listeners. We have a special episode for you today. Jack Hart has a conversation with his cousin, the Sage of Quay. They discuss Sage's recent uh, deplatforming by Google. They'll also discuss the Tavistock Institute, the control mechanisms, including the shots, and the two realities. From the porch, here's Jack Hart. All right, here we are. I, I got a special treat for our listeners this morning. Uh, I'm here with the Sage of Quay, who is my cousin, and so excuse us if we may call each other Mike, and he calls me George. Uh, uh, but uh, recently, actually a couple of days ago, the Sage of Quay, uh, a site that gets 10,000 views a day, was arbitrarily taken down by Google. Uh, it was the same thing that happened to me with Patreon. You get a letter in the morning when you wake up, and all of a sudden you no longer have a site. Uh, and uh, when you ask, well, well they, they tell you it's because of hate speech. And when you ask them what particular hate speech you, you, you were using, uh, they, 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 uh, they have no answer. They, 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 they will not give you a specific incident. Uh, now, Mike's, uh, the Sage Equation site has been put back up, but uh, he's... Uh, it's left a bad taste in his mouth, and he's already got a new site up. Uh, we spread the link that, around the other day. Uh, it will be up to him whether he wants to use both sites. But uh, if you ask me, I like the I like the way the new site looks better. And uh, I, you know what? Once they once Google targets you, they're going to be looking at everything he says. Uh, I I could not for the life of me understand why they took my. Mike down, uh, the sage down. Uh, he's been doing the same thing for 11 years. Uh, the stuff he puts up is from people like Stu Peters, uh, Jane Ruby, uh, Maria Z. He, he, these are these are internet stables. Uh, they're all over the internet. Uh, even even if your brother Nathaniel, I mean, is that is that so radical? Uh, you know, uh, the only conclusion I could come to is 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 the sage was backing. He was backing uh, Kennedy, and that's the same reason Tucker Carlson got pulled from the air. I'll, I'll let the Sage take it from there. Go ahead, Sage. Yeah, so what happened, guys, is uh, an email came from Google at 12.36 a.m. in the morning, so I would wake up to you know the good news that my blog, <laughs> which had been running on their, on their platform. See, that's the thing. right? Some people are going to say, well, Mike, you've got to get off the Google platform, and I know that. But, you know, for 11 years, I really didn't have too many issues on the Blogger platform, which is a, a Google um, product. So 12.36 a.m., you know, I wake up, have a cup of coffee. I go to do my daily blog posts because that's what I do. I, I really don't miss many days. And the email says we took your blog down because uh, it was flagged. We reviewed it and it violated our, quote, hate policy. And um, they had the word hate in capital letters, you know, just so I guess I could, I could, you know, observe and make note that I post hateful content, which of course I don't. And as you mentioned, George, you know, I have uh, been very steady with the content that I have put up over the last 11 years. And, uh, you know, some of the content, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Stu Peters, uh, occasionally Maria Z. Um, sometimes some Infowars stuff. And in the past, you know, some folks have asked me why I put that stuff up there because many people consider 
that grouping of, uh, of, of people as potential, uh, some people are convinced that they're controlled opposition. But, you know, my response to that is that the, uh, the purpose of my blog is to wake people up. So I, you know, I vet the material. So if something good comes out of InfoWars, as an example, a lot of Greg Reese's information that he puts out is, is good stuff that I'm going to put it up. Uh, there's content that uh, the Stu Peters Network will do uh, that is good content. In other words, it's truthful and it's accurate. I, I, like I said, I do vet it so that the stuff that I don't agree with, or I, I'm pretty sure is, you know, is is a distraction or a deception, uh, doesn't go up on the blog. In fact, Stu Peters uh, had an interview with the BBC. Uh, they were trying to do a hit piece on him. Uh, yeah, I seen, I seen that. I seen that. They were yeah. him with both barrels, man. Uh, yeah, well, he, he. I'll tell you what. I tip my hat to him. Um, I know you're not a big fan of his. Well, uh, I was rooting for him in that one. You know, I was like, oh yeah. I mean, I, he took him to task. He, he, uh, he stood his ground, and I think he did a great job of uh, tr- of turning the tables on them many times throughout that interview. So what the BBC tried to do, folks, was to interview him. And then they put out like a a 10 minute blurb making him look like some kind of lunatic because he put a uh, a present presentation, not really a presentation, but it was a a documentary called uh, suddenly died. And I have suddenly died uploaded on my platforms. And uh, it's, it's about this phenomenon that has been going on since the, uh, you know, since the March, 2020 event and the needles where you know, perfectly healthy people one day are suddenly dead the next day. And this is not something that is conspiracy theory territory. This this is the kind of information that was being put out by the mainstream media. And they were if, calling – yeah, go ahead. If, like with me, I, I, I blocked all, all the major publications like the Washington Post, the New York Times and all that. So I get the entertainment news. I get the sports news. Somebody dies every freaking day. The last one was this 32-year-old uh, runner. She's, she's a champion runner. She just killed over and died. I mean, th- these people, are, uh, all you got to do is look at, the, uh, look at the front page of Microsoft without all the distractions. Somebody dies, I'd say, every other day. This is a minor celebrity. So, you know, there's something to it. I'm sorry. They can't just ignore that. No, you don't yeah. have athletes in the prime of their life in prime right. condition collapse playing a soccer game or uh, on a football field. It's ridiculous, you know? So, and like you said, George, these are things that are being uh, communicated out by the mainstream media. So, you know, we're connecting the dots and uh, Stu Peter's documentary suddenly died, connected the dots. And, um, you know, so they were going to go after him because that documentary specifically, uh, the numbers are in the millions, as yeah, far as 15 million, 15 yeah, the, million the number of views worldwide. So it's put a major crimp in the, uh, in the controller's day, like stuck a, you know, a wrench in the flywheel. And so they were going to go about trying to, uh, to smear him. And to his credit, he, he didn't take the bait and he went right back at him. So I suggest, uh, when I put this up on my platforms, I'll put the link down to the Sue Peters uh, uh, interview with the BBC. I, it's it's very it's very good, and uh, so I tip my hat to him. But going back to what I was saying before, I mean, so I have 
stuff like that up on the blog because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to reach a broad audience because there are people that are just starting to wake up. And so, you know, we have the we have the first tier of information that a lot of people, uh, you know, that they sink their teeth into initially, like Infowars, uh, you know, like uh, a Stu Peters, you know, those types of shows. And then they graduate uh, to deeper levels of understanding of what this reality is really like. Uh, and I'll have that stuff up on the blog as well. But, you know, my job that for 11 years at that blog was to try to get as many people as I possibly can to to have their interest peaked, to question reality, to question what's going on in the world and to show that, you know, this is all this is all theatrics. It's all engineered. It's all manufactured. Everything you touch in this in this reality, uh, institutions and so on. I mean, you're living in their matrix. And your life is controlled one way or another. Even for those of us who are awake and we have tried the best we can to disconnect from big portions of the matrix, um, to unplug from it, you, you still have to touch it. You still, as an example, we still need to use their money, you know? So yeah. you still have to make money. And, you know, money, you know, this, the monetary system that's in place is their construct. So, but in any case, uh, so that's that's been my blog, you know, for 11 years. And like you said, George and, and Bill, uh, on average, 10,000 views a day. And uh, so if you do the math, that's 300,000 a month. It's 3.6 million a year. So, I, you know, I was reaching a, a pretty, you know, large percentage or portion of, of people who were either already on board with what's going on in the world. In other words, they were awake or there were people that were – Becoming aware, because there's a difference between be, being aware and being awake. So being aware is kind of like you're sensing that something's off, right? Uh, whereas awake, you know something is off, and you can actually point to specifics. So I was, you know, so I geared it that way. It was basically uh, an approach where I was trying to get as many people on board as I possibly can. So yeah, so uh, you know, at twelve thirty six a.m. in the morning uh, on May fourth, uh, two days ago. <coughs> You know, they 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 tanked the um, the blog. They shot it. Treacherous attack in the middle of the night. Like yeah, evil, and know? and that's what they do because they want <laughs> you, it's psychological. It's it's psychological. They want you to wake up, and they they want to they want to rattle you. Which I, I'm not rattled. You know, I ha I have been doing this well the blog since uh, twenty early 2012. I've been doing YouTube and podcasting and presenting my research since uh, 2014. That's nine years ago. So, you know, you become very used to their tactics. So nothing surprises me anymore. So I just looked at that and I said, okay, well, I got to shift gears and we're going to go do something else, someplace else, to continue to get this information out. Uh, but, you know, then they had a link in the, uh, in the original email on the 4th and said, if you wish to appeal this, so I said, you know, appeal it. Now, in the past, when you do this on YouTube, which is also owned by Google, um, an appeal process is completely senseless, useless. It's a waste of time because they don't reverse. Well, they've never reversed anything for me. When they've taken my videos down or censored them or age-restricted them over the years and I appealed uh, their decisions, uh, the videos were never reinstated. We found the same thing with Amazon in appeals. And Patreon and appeals. It doesn't go. I, I, I'm convinced it goes nowhere. I think it's just uh, it's a dead link, you know. Well, but, right. 
I mean, I but this, go ahead. I, I wasn't even given that. They didn't even, Patreon didn't even give me the option of appealing. Yeah, they yeah. just said, you're out of here. And uh, when I tried to question them, I, 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 I mean, Phil told me that's, uh, I was basically talking to a, a robot, you know. They were giving yeah. me a, that, that's what it was. It was a, uh, it was boilerplate robot responses that I got out of them. Uh, yeah. Reason why they do that, George, is because their decisions to take things down are not objective; they're subjective. So when you go back to them and say, "Okay, look, what exactly was the problem?" <laughs> so they would have to come back and say, "Well, uh, it was this video, and this was what was discussed." So what happens when that conversation uh, ensues is that now you've got insights into what their hot buttons are, right? Right. So they're right. not going to—they're not going to tip their hats. So they're not going to say. Yeah, well, uh, it's your uh, videos on uh, the COVID-19 hoax, psychological operation, or it's your videos that are talking intelligently, by the way. I should say this, you know, on my blog, I don't put bombastic stuff up there. I, I, I work very hard to make sure that the information that's going up is presented in an intelligent way and in an even keel way in order to get the counterpoints or the alternative views across. So they don't like, you know, they didn't like the C-19 uh, hoax being discussed. They didn't, that was something that they were going after everybody, not just me on that. Uh, they don't want you talking about the transgender agenda. So if you start calling that out, that's problematic. They don't want you talking about the Zios. They don't want you talking about Zionism. They don't want you to put information up that presents the other side of the story. Okay, so that's problematic. You mentioned uh, before we got started Brother Nathaniel's work, which, you know, Brother Nathaniel is like in your face with that stuff, but, you know, he does it in a very entertaining way. I guess if, you know, if you if you belong to the tribe, it's not very entertaining at all. But for those of us <laughs> who understand what's how this thing really works and who's who's running a lot of the show, it is, it is entertaining. And it's, in my opinion, the work that, Brother Nathaniel has put out, it's it's uh, he's on the money. I mean, he's accurate with with what he's he's portraying. Is he a little over the top sometimes with how he goes about it? Yes, but like I said, it's part of the entertainment value to get the point across. And that's the thing, you know. A lot of times when you put information out, there has to be entertainment value. It can't be this dry stuff that it's, people are just going to glaze over. You have to give give your presentation some level of uh, of uh, of entertainment from the standpoint of making it interesting so that people stick around and listen to the entire video. But right, then, Sage, we're going to, uh, we got to switch over now. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, go ahead, Phil, go ahead, do what you got to do. We'll go ahead and stop this and then I'll go to the next uh, meeting. Yeah, and uh, I want to talk about uh, just, just calling people racists and, and hate speech. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Kennedy, too. Yeah, because that, that's, that's where I was going. Highly insulting to, to use somebody of hate speech or racism because they don't agree with you. Right, right. Uh, it's one of those tactics you were just talking about. Yeah, well, that's slander, you know. Uh, men used to fight duels over things like that, you know. Uh, I, I, I want to address you know, uh, this thing. Where they just uh, uh, they arbitrarily accuse you of hate speech. Uh, myself, I mean, uh, I have my probably my closest friend, uh, 
outside outside of Phil here is black a uh, guy I grew up with and we've always been you know I've always had a black posse behind me uh I used to go to the uh Miss Fire Island concert uh, uh a contest over in Cherry Grove just just to hang out with uh with the gays and stuff that they go there uh, I was a regular with that and I had, had a lot of gay friends uh and uh my half, you know, my family's, my grandson is half Jewish. So, you know, uh, what, because I do not agree with you politically, uh, to, to accuse me of hate speech, to accuse me of racism, I think that's just, that's vile. That's vile. Go, go ahead, Sage. No, that's exactly right, George. So they accuse you of, uh, of hateful, um, of hate speech. When, in fact, all you're doing is saying, I disagree with your ideology. I disagree with your direction. I disagree with your lies and deception. Because that's what it really comes down to. And the problem is that most of the population believes that their government and the controllers are in support of these agendas. And I can tell you right now, they could care less about the gay community. They can care less about the transgender community. These groupings of people are used as levers to push their agenda. Right. So, Let's just look at the way they turned on BLM with that incident in Africa now. Uh, you know, I have friends that are involved with that. Uh, they're all over them now, and uh, they they were they 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 were the uh, poster children two years ago, right, for uh, the uh, the woke movement and everything else. Well, now they're public enemy number one. So you know, if you think because they're supporting you this week, that they're going to be your friends next week, no, they'll just as soon uh, they'll slap you in jail next week for the same thing that you they were getting congratulated for this week. You know, these people even even went out like in Santifa people to burn things and. You know, you might get away with that while it suits their agenda. But the second it don't suit their agenda, you'll find yourself in jail for the next 10 years. That's a warning to all of you who think you're activists out there. Because I've been doing this 10, 10 years now, and I know the way they operate. And they have no conscience. They have no ethics, and they have no morals. Go ahead, Sage. Yeah, they're just using these groups and these folks that identify, you know, with, with uh, these, quote, movements as tools. And at the end of the day, there is a depopulation agenda in play. And uh, what uh, many of these folks are going to find out is that uh, it doesn't matter, matter whether you're straight, gay, transgender, or whatever else you consider yourself to be, uh, you're, everybody's going to be uh, on the same target, you know, as far as depopulating the population. So, you know, so transgenders are not going to be saved. Gays are not going to be saved. Straights are not going to be saved. Blacks are not going to be saved because that's where they're going. They want to whittle this thing down. And in fact, many of the minions and flax that are out there that are the mouthpieces for the controllers and the World Economic Forum, uh, what they're going to find out too is they are also disposable because they are being used at this moment in time as useful idiots. And they're going to be tossed overboard as at the point when their usefulness to support the agenda and push it forward expires. Right, right. You know, so this is the problem that 
most people have. They, they attach themselves to groups. They affiliate themselves with political parties and, you know, different you know, subcategories within subcategories. And this is all, by the way, this is right out of the Tavistock playbook, right out of that, right out of their playbook. And, um, so that's, you know, that's where, where, where. Could you, could you talk a little about Tavistock? Because uh, you seem to be the most knowledgeable person on the internet about, uh, with that. And, uh, I'm right. Um, I started writing Sean's book again, Sean Stone's book again. I haven't called him, but I will. But in any case, uh, Tavistock is going to play a role in that. So let's uh, give me a little rundown on Tavistock. Well, Tavistock uh, came about in, I think it was 1921. Uh, then they became the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations in 1947. It was the same year that the, uh, the I think it was the CIA was formed. Um, Tavistock is located in London. It's part of the, uh, the, the controlling system that comes in under the crown. Um, and they are in the business of social engineering. That's their, that's their role. And, um, so it's brainwashing, it's conditioning, it's to social engineer the entire world, all of the societies and the cultures and uh, it, it's to do it in order to move the world into a one-world governance. And uh, but Tavistock's means of of, uh, of doing their social engineering uh, is very advanced. You know, um, a lot of people think that mind control is uh, it just consists of hypnosis, which is completely wrong. Um, Tavistock even. Uh, for agents of MI6 and MI5, uh, they go through uh, Tavistock uh, uh, conditioning and, and protocols where uh, that person's personality, that person's will is broken down in order to be in support of whatever it is that's on the radar, agenda-wise, of the controllers. So, uh a lot of folks don't know that NATO folds in under Tavistock. MIT folds in under Tavistock. The Heritage Foundation folds in under Tavistock. They're linked into the Club of Rome. They're linked into Stanford Research Institute. They're uh, uh, linked into to the uh, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderbergs, uh, Davos, you know, um, and they report in under the Committee of 300. And so... We have this worldwide uh, infrastructure in place, George and Bill. And what I explain to folks, try to get the, I try to get the point across to them whenever they doubt it, you know, like, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have a prime minister and we have a president. No, you don't understand. These, these are props. These are puppets. These are people that they put in front of the curtain to give you the illusion that, that your reality is something than what it actually is. Why do you think all of these internationalist structures are in place? I mean, what do you think they do all day? You think they play cards all day? <laughs> right? You think it's a big social club? Why do you have the IMF? Why do you have uh, uh, the Bank of International Settlements? Why do you have the uh, the World Court? Why do you have the United Nations? Why do you have the yeah. World Health Organization? You know? So anything that has international in the title or world means it's part of the new world order. It's part of this, you know, this end to end 
cradle-to-grave system that they have put in place. And what we're seeing right now, what's playing out right now, is the uh, the facade of nationalism and, and countries being sovereign and having their own uh, laws and ways of going about, going about their business as a country is gone. So um, – and this really started going back about 10 years ago, but since – March of 2020, when we had the COVID event, that's when they decided to come out of the closet and they were no longer going to hide anymore and do things uh, covertly and subliminally. Now they're, they're out, they're out front and center. And I've been telling people for three years now, uh, if you want to understand where they're going with all this stuff, it's very simple. Just go to the World Economic Forum's website. And everything you want to know about what they're thinking of doing and what they're thinking of implementing and who their partners are, because what it is, it's a the, the corporatocracy is completely uh, interwoven into this entire one world agenda. And so if you take a look at who they're in bed with and who's funding them and who's sponsoring and who's on on the boards of these initiatives – yeah, it's it's all of the major internationalist corporations, you know. That's why when COVID came out, uh, every country, every prime minister, every president was reading out of the same hymnal. Everybody had the same script. All of the companies, the internationalist countries, in, uh, excuse me, all the companies and the internationalist companies in particular had the same policies. How did that happen? Oh, it's because there was a dangerous virus around and everybody had to get on board, <laughs> right? No, that's that's not the reason. The, the virus was a psychological operation. There was no virus. There was no killer virus. You know, when yeah, I tell people... Take it from somebody who traveled to every state east of the Mississippi during, during the, the height of their pandemic, all right? There were no bodies. There were no bodies. No, Nobody no- was dying. Nobody was – they were lying right through their teeth, and that's why I would never take that vaccine when they came out with it. I knew they were lying. I was traveling all over the country at the time on the East Coast. Right, right. I didn't see any dead bodies, you know? Well, with COVID, what I – back up three years ago when I was doing uh, Clown World News, I said that there were three components to what they were calling the, the pandemic, which was really the plandemic. If we go to event 201, the whole thing was spelled out in advance, right? But most people, exactly. well, people listening to this are going to know, but most people are just, you know, completely walking around, <laughs> you know, lost in the woods. But um, there was three things that they did with COVID. One was all they did was to repurpose cold and flu symptoms. And they told you that, you know, if you had cold or flu symptoms, like you were sneezing or coughing, or if you had a headache or you had uh, congestion in your chest, you had COVID. Right. It was the flu. It was the flu. It was the flu. I was was staying in Long Beach and every Jew that got a cough in Long Beach called an ambulance, you know, that that was basically, and that's how it spread the same way. Right. Uh, As as I traveled around the country, that's what I was seeing. Right. Every time somebody got a sniffle, they thought they were, uh, they had a deadly disease. Yeah. They were going to die. The only ones I know that died are, are friends of Phil's. I, I mean, the guy was a Green Beret, and he made the mistake of going to the hospital. 
and they stuck that respirator on him, and they, that was it. They, the, the one second they told him he was, he was getting better, the next second he was dead when that respirator was Yeah, on as him. soon as you have a ventilator, and they were giving them remdesivir as well, uh, while they were many who went on the on the respirators were given the drug remdesivir, which was uh, uh, you were going to have renal failure within probably within a week or two. Yep. Uh, right. So, um, but so what they did was they repurposed cold and flu, and we know that you know what they did was they zeroed out uh, flu and pneumonia uh, related deaths from the reporting. They zeroed that out, and they moved right. all of those numbers over to the COVID column. So when you ask them, well, okay, so we used to have like, you know, 50,000 deaths a year related to flu and pneumonia. Uh, how come it's zero now? What happened? Oh, well, that's because you're wearing a mask. And because you're wearing a mask, <laughs> that, that was an actual explanation. It's ridiculous as it sounds. That's what they came out with. All they did was they just moved the mask from one column to the other. The second thing that they did that caused people to have uh, these these symptoms that they were classifying as COVID was they were turning on the 5G towers. Okay, that's yeah. that's what they were doing. So when, when the when the uh, uh, communication companies were turning these towers on, if you were in certain proximity of these towers, a lot of people got sick, and uh, radiation poisoning. Uh, this, this, the symptoms or the signs of radiation poisoning are almost identical to cold and flu. So that was that was part two of their plan. So the first the first part was to repurpose cold and flu symptoms. Part two was they knew they were turning these towers on. And if you live near these towers, then uh, in all likelihood you were going to get some level of feeling ill. Now some people are more susceptible to radiation and um, electromagnetic frequency EMF. Than others, but like if you live close to these towers, there's a high probability that you are not going to feel well. That's why when they talk about long COVID, to me, long COVID means you live near a tower, and yeah, you, the, the symptoms are going to to persist. The third thing that I think they did, now some people will you know not agree with this, but I think that they did do this. I think they they picked very specific cities, towns geographies and i think that they in all likelihood they did release something yes that that was what i was told by people in the intelligence. oh really okay so i thought maybe it was through the water supply a, or, a diluted solution of sarin gas is what they were using yeah yeah sections. so i i think that they did that george and bill because what see what they needed to do they needed to prop up their their psyop and they actually needed certain areas uh, towns, cities, locations, or whatever to point to and say, see, see what's going on over there? There's a lot of people going to the doctors. There's a lot of people going to the hospitals and not feeling well. But if you go back in time and you take a look at where they were pointing, they, they had like, you know, maybe three to four specific locations or maybe, you know, towns within a certain country. I think Italy was another area in which they may have done something like this. Right. Right, so it, it really wasn't. Was. It wasn't one of these rampant across the board. Look, look at all the hospitals across the country; they're they're packed. In fact, my wife and I, when they were telling us that you know the hospitals were overflowing, we got in the car. So we have 
I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have three. Crazy. <laughs> we have three hospitals. That's when they had the tents up, right? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The bullshit tents. They I was afraid it. to go over there. I, I, at the time, I didn't know whether, you know, is this, is this real or not, you know? So, no, I, I knew mean, it wasn't real. I mean. I know I, you did. <laughs> you went so, to the hospital. So my wife and I, you know, my wife is completely awake, thank God, you know. And <laughs> we said, let's get in the car. Let's go take a, a, a run down to the local hospitals here in the Raleigh area. So we went to three of them. And uh, you know, two of them are large hospitals, Wake Med, and the other one is Rex up in Raleigh. And then there was a, a smaller Wake Med uh, hospital in, uh, in, a, in a town, like two towns up from where I live. And in each hospital, hospital, they had the tents up, but there was nobody there. Nobody right. there. In the news, they were telling you that people were dying on their hands and knees, hacking, coughing, on gurneys, being, you know – Run into the hospital on stretchers and everything else, and I'm looking at this. the The hospital parking lots were were not even packed. There was lots of uh, parking at every single one of these hospitals, and the tents. It was a ghost town. Tumbleweed was blowing through the parking lot. Uh, well, and there was another uh, story back then where they were saying that they brought a refrigerator truck to a hospital. In New York, loaded up with dead bodies. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you that. don't bring yeah. dead bodies to a hospital. You bring dead bodies to a morgue. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was living in these areas at the time. So, like I said, I didn't see yeah. that. The only, the only person I seemed to kill was the guy who made the mistake of trusting his, uh, his doctors. And, uh, you know, uh, we should have broke him out of the hospital. Hey, so what are we seeing now? now? Now what we're seeing, what I was saying back uh, two or three years ago, George and Bill, was that People taking these shots. See, people people are, are very simple in the way they think. You know, they're thinking, well, I got the shot and I'm still alive. It's a week later. So I'm like, look, some people are going to have reactions very, very quickly. And a lot of people did. Anaphylactic shock. They had Bell's palsy. Um, they had Guillain-Barre uh, disorder, you know, where you have the, uh, right, the paralysis. Right. You have... Uh, they you had, had celebrities having, getting it, didn't just uh, Justin Bieber got yeah, it? Yeah, uh, paralyzed, right? Yep, yep. And, and uh, people were having pulmonary issues, cardio issues. They were having heart attacks. They were having strokes. They were having neurological uh, disorders. Now, Eric Clapton is a famous case. He went and got Eric the uh, yeah AstraZeneca shot. He came out of Oxford in uh, in the UK, and Eric did an interview, and he said for like two or three months. He had total numbness in both of his arms, and he was fearful that he would never play guitar again. And then when Eric came out and he did that interview right after that, they turned on him like you wouldn't believe. He said that the phone calls to ask him to come play on records and you know do gigs and stuff like that completely dried up. Mainstream media articles uh, were vilifying him. This is how it works, folks. It doesn't matter how famous you think you are. If you don't go along with their narrative and you don't say what they expect you to say, then they'll nail you to a cross in a nanosecond. And they'll suppress you. What's that, Bill? And they'll suppress you. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they will, uh, they will just, it'd be as if you didn't exist. You'll go right into the memory hole. Yeah, I caught all kinds of flack when I came out against, uh, you know, the vaccines, and and, and uh, I called them on this COVID thing, especially with VT. I wrote that September newsletter. I think it was in twenty twenty one. 
I mean, they went into apoplexy. You know, that my life, my life was threatened. Uh, and uh, that guy, Robert David Steele, had just died, too. Uh, so, you know, I had to take it seriously. Uh, and uh, I, I, one of the things you were saying about Tavistock being up above all these other agencies, uh, the people I was dealing with were British. They, they were in charge of the operation. I know that for a fact, okay? Uh, so don't let anybody tell you just because the United States is the big, strong man uh, that the CIA is running things or the NSA. The, they answer to MI6. And if you want to read, like Fitzgerald and Gould, I consider them the best investigative journalists in the world. Uh, and so does, so does Oliver Stone, by the way. But uh, they have a six-part series about how MI6 took over the CIA. The CIA doesn't, they, they, they don't, when, when, when MI6 says jump, the CIA jumps. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sage. No, and folks have to understand that all of these organizations, because MI6 is considered British, or the CIA is considered out of the United States, that, that's, that's just a facade. These are all internationalist right, structures, right. okay? They're all working together because they have a, a different name and we're told that they operate here. That doesn't mean anything it, because their tentacles are worldwide. I mean, they're looking for full spectrum dominance. That's dominance. what they're looking for. That's what we talked about last week. Uh, yeah. Uh, Phil ran into that when he was in uh, the intelligence services in the military. That was their word of the week. You know, they said, Phil, you want to say something about that? Well, what, what I'm hearing here with this conversation is that the, the cognitive dissonance in so many people is so wide that the, what their belief is from reality is so far apart from each They're starting to people are beginning to realize that that cognitive dissonance is, is there and their belief system is totally gone. And, and that's the key to waking people. We've got to get them awake. And, and that awakening is, is the realization that their belief system is not true. Well, it's not I, have, own, right? I have my doubts that those that have been injected with uh, the happy juice can ever be awakened now. I really do. Uh, you know, we'll have a blank look in their face. And these are members of my own family. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't recognize them anymore. Uh, uh, you know, and they, you could tell, you could talk to them until you're blue in the face. You can give them all the facts like you just gave. And uh, you know they'll, they'll, you'll have them you'll have them on your side for the day, and they'll go there, turn on the news, and, and they forgot everything you said the next day, and they've been reprogrammed, uh, they've been rebooted, so to say. Uh, they're more machine than human. Uh, so I, I I don't know. That I, I at this point I tell my listeners uh, and my readers there's two kinds of people in this world. There's no longer. No more black and white, and gay and straight. There's those that have been vaccinated and those that haven't been. That's that's just my my. I know I know that that's controversial, but that's the way I 
That's the way I feel about it. I don't think it's that controversial. There's two realities. But for those that voluntarily went out and got vaccinated. Now, I have to, you know, I do draw the line. I delineate. There were some folks that were completely blackmailed, coerced, and backed into having to take the shots, right? So as an example, that they have a job. And, you know, they, they have a mortgage. Well, the school kids. Well, yes. The school kids. Right. Or so, they so, the, or they had to get the shot to be able to continue cancer treatments. Or, yeah, cancer treatments, college, college yeah. to work, you know. So this this is how evil the system is. The evil, they knew that they had most people by the balls. And they forced them into this. And now, now you know, they have the nerve to turn around now and say, well, you know, we, this, this, this wasn't, you know, we weren't forcing you to do this. You know, you had, you had a choice to do it or not to do it. See, this is the game they play. Now, if you were working... And you were taking home a paycheck so you can support your family. Did you have a choice? Could you have walked from your job? Yeah, you could have walked from your job. So you go from having a paycheck to zero. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's kind of a hard conversation to have with your family. Hey, honey, I'm not going to get the shot, so I'm going to be unemployed starting next Tuesday. So, you know, people did what, you know, they needed to do. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to beat up on everybody, but, you know, there's a there is a large segment of the population that believes in this stuff. They believe that, uh, uh, that this was real. They believe the shots are safe and effective. Uh, it's those people that created the, the separate reality, right? The second, the, the reality, George, that you were just talking about. Those are the people that reside over there. There are people today who took the shots who are in now have moved over to our side of the court and they're saying, I should never have done it. I'm very concerned that I did it. And now I've got to try to figure out a way to see if there's a way of undoing it, the effects of it, you know? So it's not as, it's not as black and white as took the shots, didn't take the shots because there are a lot of people that were blackmailed into having to take, take these shots. I know people personally went and got one shot, maybe a second shot, because they had to. Otherwise, like I said, they would lose their job. They would lose their livelihood. But then they were like, I'm not doing anything else after that. I'm not doing any boosters. I'm not doing any of that crap. You know? So that's that's the, the thing that they do, though. Um, the controllers and Tavistock, right out of their playbook, is it's divide and conquer. It's right. to put every, everybody in buckets. And then label them. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And then pit different groups against each other. Well, the ray of hope I see for that in, in my own view is uh, they need to, they seem to need to give you these boosters. So maybe whatever is in that shot wears off in a little while. That's why I'm not on board with this. They're spraying. They're going to put it in the food. If they could do all that, they wouldn't have needed to inject all these people with that stuff. Uh, I, I, I think it's uh, giving them too much credit if you think they can spray you with it or they can put it in the food. I, I think they do have to mean it's just like a computer. It's got to be. It's got to be uh, continuously getting. Uh, uh, you know, you got you got to reboot the computer. You got to ref. Uh, it's 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 got it's got to be reset all the time, and I, I think if you stay away from the boosters, there's a chance that it will. Uh, you take something to, to get the heavy metals out of your body, uh, you know. There's there's all kinds of things for that. 
uh, and a good system of exercise. And I think you may be able to uh, uh, get your mind back. Maybe you saw. I hope so. I hope so. Because or, like or at least minimize, minimize the, uh, the damage yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Try, try to minimize it. And the thing is, you're absolutely right, George. I mean, they do not have control over all the stuff that they sit, that they're saying they have control over. We have it, you know, we're feeding it to livestock. We're putting it, uh, we're spraying it on your lettuce. We're putting it in the, uh, you know, yeah, in the, uh, the, the geoengineering. Yeah. So, so a lot of times what happens is uh, what they're doing is it's part of their fear program, right? It's part of their propaganda to make you believe that they have a lot more influence, a lot more power, a lot more ability than they actually have. You know, one of the things I keep pointing to all the time is you keep seeing all of these articles as an example about how the economy is going to crash. The banks are going to crash. All of this stuff, right? It's it's more right. The banks have been crashing for ten years now. That's a, that's another one, right? Right. Yeah. So what they're going to do? I mean, just to talk about this real quick. This is my my hypothesis. Yeah, well, we got What's, a couple of minutes left, Mike. Okay. All right. So what I think they're going to do with the banks is they're going to do the same thing with the banks as they did with the media. They're going to consolidate consolidate it down to maybe a handful of of major banks. So they want to get rid of all the small players. So there's a consolidation going on. There's a convergence going on. Not going to get rid of banks. The banking system is not going to crash. They need the banking system because money, money is their ace in the hole. And then at some point, what they're going to do is they're going to officially flip it over to digital currency. Uh, I don't see how that's not going to happen because we're already pretty much in a digital currency world. Because people are using right. ATMs, people are ordering online. Uh, there's no exchange of actual cash, you know. So most people are not going to get overly distraught over digital currency because they're thinking it's 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 pretty much here right now. So I don't think there's going to be a crash. I don't think banks are all going to go away. I I believe it's it's a a consolidation in an attempt to get it down to maybe a handful of major banks that will run everything in the country. Now, do I think that's a good idea? No, it's not a good idea. But on the other hand, it's the whole system is not going to crash either. My two cents yeah. for what it's worth. And I concur with you 100%. Those of you that are sitting around waiting for the system to crash, it's not going to happen, man. They need it. Say it. That's right. They need it. Just like they need this internet. And just like they need that TV set. Don't worry about somebody's uh, electromagnetic. uh, uh, They can take it out with one electromagnetic pulse. It's not going to happen, man. They need this. They need this. This is their control mechanism right here. So I want to wind this down because uh, we try to only do an hour on the porch. I I don't want to go on too long. I know people don't have that long an extension. uh, attention span anymore, and uh, Phil's going to have a little say-so on, on uh, what we're seeing in Tennessee here with the uh, uh, Nashville, uh, the attempted takeover of Tennessee through liberal, uh, I hate to call them liberals, through, through uh, the woke in Nashville, but uh, I've really enjoyed having, you know, I think intelligence may run in the family. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> You were really. This is uh, this is really good. Uh, you were really good today, Mike. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm proud. Oh, of thank you, George. You. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't get to talk about RFK Jr. a little bit. Um, but maybe we could do that another time. Yeah. Well, RFK Jr. It's RFK Jr. or bust. Uh, you know, 
Some of you may think Trump's the scientist. No. RFK has fought for you for three years against these vaccines. Nobody else. Uh, DeSantis may have passed some laws, but, you know, uh, it's been RFK who went out in the trenches and fought for you. I don't don't know how anybody could not want to vote for him. And I'm convinced Tucker Carlson was pulled down after that interview, that five-minute section he did with him. And I'm convinced that's why they went after you, too, because you were too strongly supporting uh, 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 RFK Jr. Well, I was was putting – obviously, I wouldn't say I was supporting as much as I was putting his voice out there. Uh, And and my approach to this is is this – this is how I do it, guys. Somebody's going to be sitting in that Oval Office, okay? Somebody's going to be sitting in it. So people could argue all day whether RFK Jr. is controlled opposition and is he going to actually be able to get anything done or blah, 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 all that stuff, okay? But but somebody, some head with a suit is going to be sitting in that Oval Office, and do you want it to be Trump? Do you want it to be uh, whoever whoever's got the latex mask on playing Joe Biden on any given day? Yeah, you know? right, right, right. CGI so, Joe. CGI. <laughs> the, guy that, the guy that craps CGI his pants. Joe. Yeah. The guy that craps his pants and wakes up one o'clock in the afternoon every day. <laughs> I mean, look, somebody's going to be sitting there. So if somebody's going to be sitting there, I'm going to try. We should try to get the best person possible who we think can maybe even remotely try to turn this ship around a little bit. And I think RFK Jr. Yeah, I, I, I think of all the people that's out there right now, he's our best shot. At least he speaks the truth. He does speak the truth. And the thing is, he's got the goods on Anthony Fauci. He wrote the book. He's never been sued over it. And the other thing is, he's well-versed in the deep state. Deep state. They took out his uncle. They took out his father. Right, they took out his right. cousin. That's the crux of the matter here. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I think, uh, do you think maybe he has an ax to grind? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. That's the guy I want in office. <laughs> That's the guy I want in office. There's nothing wrong with a little revenge. Revenge is what keeps villains awake at night. So uh, let's uh, let's let's cut this off now, and uh, and give my regard to the family. You know, that's that's the whole family ain't vaccinated. Uh, well, Andrew wouldn't let his family get vaccinated either. You know, our family, most of it's not vaccinated. Mine's not. Yeah, yeah. Nobody in my family is. Thank God. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, hey, you guys should send me the the audio on this, if you can. Of course, of course. And, and give us some links. Send me some links that you want me to put up with the uh, new site and, uh, uh, you know, back to the old site again. So okay. when we put this up, uh, I, I had thank Thanks a lot, Michael, for, for coming on here and, and, and uh, giving, giving you a... anytime, anytime you want me to come on and talk about whatever we'll talk about it. It's, oh, it's yeah, good. I'd like to do this again. I'd like to do this again, but let's wait till we get a little further into. RFK. Absolutely. Yep. You know, because, I, I, this this joke. This is a joke talking about this war in the Ukraine at this point. I, it's just like, uh, yeah, this isn't even news anymore. We're shifting gears now a little bit. Uh, Jack asked me to provide a commentary with regard to an article that came out recently on Chuck Baldwin Live. I don't know this guy, Chuck Baldwin. I've never listened to him, never seen his stuff. It was forwarded to us by one of our listeners. What I found in the article was fear-mongering. What he's done is he's looked at Tennessee and the special session that Bill Lee, the governor, has called for later this year 
to address public safety and gun laws. The thing that they, Chuck Baldwin's article referenced was uh, this is all about red flag laws, and it could be, but he went down a list stating that uh, they're going to make it such that a woman with premenstrual syndrome can have her guns taken away or someone with diabetes can have their guns taken away. This seems rather ludicrous to me in light of the fact that there is no summary or any other documentation out there that shows what the intent of Governor Lee is other than the public safety. Now, they're trying to reword it, and there are several uh, different articles out there by different people in Nashville that uh, indicate red flag is a non-starter, so they have to change the wording from red flag to uh, the public safety. Uh, but the, the key point there is that regardless of what they say, we know and they know that they're being watched, period. The legislature has already said, being a, a Republican-controlled legislature, that red flag laws are a non-starter. There's also numerous surveys out there, and those surveys indicate that, yes, people in, in Tennessee, especially law-abiding gun owners, desire for greater background checks. I have no problem with that. If you don't have something in your background that indicates the ownership of a, a weapon of any kind is going to be detrimental to you or someone else or against the law, then Maybe we need to have a background check that looks deep enough to see whether there's something there. Okay, fine. But to go out there and start spreading rumors that this is all about red flag laws and, and stopping people from owning guns and not allowing the processes and procedures that are in place already uh, to be able to work and limiting someone's Second Amendment rights because their neighbor or their mother or somebody has uh, got something stuck in their craw and, and can't really uh, do anything. They're mad, they're angry, they want uh, retribution, they want revenge, whatever it happens to be, this, we can see where this leads. It's a very slippery slope. It, therefore... I suggest watching, patience, send questions to people who write articles like this one from Chuck Baldwin, which I did, by the way. I sent an email as soon as I read it, and, and I said to him, and this is verbatim, your column is written with the voice of authority, yet no reference to any documentation from the governor's office or from legislators. I am a longtime gun owner in the state of Tennessee and am concerned about this greatly. Yet I will not share such commentary as yours, no matter how well written, without a factual source for your information. 
Please provide such so that those who need to get organized for a visit to Nashville have the facts to confirm the belief that this is truly the intent of Governor Lee. Until we have the facts, we cannot act. And until it comes before the legislature, whether it be the Judicial Committee, the the Mental Health Subcommittee of Human Services Committee, whatever it happens to be, until there is something placed before the legislators, we have nothing but conjecture and rumor and fear-mongering and people getting riled up, which is not something we need in this day and age. So Chuck Baldwin and your ilk that wish to stir up all kinds of bad publicity for both the governor, the legislators, and fear among the people of Tennessee, if you have facts instead of conjecture, place those facts before the people and let them decide. Let them organize. That's what we are supposed to be doing, I believe. Now, that all being said, if in fact this comes down to people losing their due process rights because of special interest groups that are pushing in Nashville for a governor who is mm, somewhat liberal in his leanings or democratic in his leanings toward gun control, then we'll have to do something. And be prepared. Uh, Be prepared in Nashville. Be prepared, Nashville. There will be people coming. And we won't be coming just ones and twos. Now, I'm going to be talking to uh, some other local folks who might have a little more insight on this. And so as this comes closer and something gets put before our legislature, dear friends, listeners, Folks here in Tennessee in particular, you thought Richmond was something. Nashville can be something too, if they try. Thanks for joining us for today's Conversations from the Porch. To view and listen to Jack's work, subscribe at jackhart.substack.com. We hope you found today's conversation interesting and informative. Join us next time for Jack Hart's Conversations from the Porch.